Top of the morning to you, we lads and lassies. You have found the What Had Happened Was podcast. It's me, that hooligan Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. And boy, do I have a very special St. Patrick-tastic episode for you today. In fact, so special, I'm going to switch up the music just as one time. So I sat down with Steve Teaver, the co-owner of the Dublin Pub, for a wee bit of shenanigans. Never heard of the Dublin Pub? Well, it's the Jameson and Guinness capital of Ohio and possibly the entire universe during the month of March. Okay, I'm exaggerating just a little bit. But I am not kidding when I say that the Guinness and the Jameson, they do a flow in March at the Dublin Pub. Big, 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 big deal. The Dublin Pub is getting ready to welcome 10,000 leprechauns to its 20th annual St. Patrick's Day celebration. That's not all. Me and Steve talked about all kinds of stuff during our little chat, including the night that he and some pals put on sideburns and decided to open up a bar. And also, what's the deal with Dublin Pub at Austin Landings? We get into a lot of stuff. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a product of Dayton.com, brought to you by Cox Digital Marketing. Let this trusted name in advertising develop a custom solution based on your digital goals. It is time to let the green beer flow through our minds. Here's that talk with Steve Teaver. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say what had happened was. What's the first thing that come to your mind? Wait, what, what, it, what had happened was? What had happened was? Yeah, finish the sentence. What had happened was... Um, <laughs> I'd say uh, what had happened was we were dressed as flying Elvises on Halloween and throwing a big party at Newcomb's Tavern, and we realized that we needed to do our own party at our own bar, and we needed to go and do it in the Oregon District. I actually have the video on my phone of us doing that and walked down the street, and we looked at the corner, and my two future partners were on the corner, and they were charging money to get on uh, to park on our parking lot, which was the gas, Shell Gas Station, uh-huh. the abandoned Shell Gas Station. Uh, they were charging to park there. It was Halloween night, and we were dressed as flying Elvises. It was one of those things that... Uh, How many guys was it? We had seven at the beginning. So seven guys dressed as flying Elvises. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. It's flying Elvises. We were more than that. It was like... 10 or 12 of us. So 10 guys dresses. I'll show you the video. As soon as we get done here, I'll show you the video. I mean, it's pretty funny. We do, we get up on top of the bar at Newcomb's. We did the jailhouse rock and then uh, we did a little lip syncing and then we turned it into the Macarena. <laughs> there you go. And 20 years later, right? 20 years. Doing You'll the Macarena know. as Flying Elvis. Satan mm-hmm. Chapel. Yeah. You, gotta so. bring, you should bring the um, Flying Elvises back for, for Halloween. We can do that for Halloween. Yeah. Cool. Or for St. Patrick's Day, yeah. put a little green on it, a little health, little we, health we're wearing, hat. We're wearing kilts this year. We got we do our kilts and we got to do our green. So this is a couple days before St. Patrick's Day that we're talking. Oh, we're two weeks away. Two so weeks. don't give me anxiety any more than I need it. So <laughs> Explain to me. This is the 20th anniversary of the St. Patrick's Day party at the Dublin Pub. Right? It is our 20th. 20th St. Patrick's Day. Now, you just said some key words there. It is not the 20th anniversary. Okay. Because an anniversary would be one year. So it is our 20th. So here we go. Ready? What <laughs> happened was. So you're born on day one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that first day you're alive. So a year later, that's your anniversary. So uh-huh. that would be when you turn one. But now you've been alive on that day twice. So let's say you were born on March 1st, uh-huh. right? I'm born on March 1st. So I've seen March 1st once on day one as an infant born one. One year later, I turn one. But I've seen March 1st twice now. Right. Okay. We opened up in uh, May 15th of 98. So in 99 was our first St. Patrick's Day. That was number one St. Patrick's Day. So 99 was the first St. Patrick's Day. 99. March 99. March 17th. But you're doing this whole crazy thing where you're calling this one the first, the, the, the 20th year. Of it that. is our 20th St. Patrick's Day. Without question, it is our 20th St. Patrick's okay. Day. We have had it. We have had. This will be the 20th time we have thrown this party. Okay. Good. Well, there you go. It'll be there. That's a better way of saying it. 
the twentieth time. So that first time, it was just like a small party, or yeah, it was, I can't tell you how many bad decisions we made the first time. Well, so, do go ahead, tell me what kind of bad decisions. <laughs> you made. The so, people want to know. So we did. We obviously we did a tent. Uh, the first year we did a tent. For, yeah, we did a tent that year. It was a small tent. It was a tent. We put it was like a tent you would have in your yard or something. Oh, no, it was <laughs> it was sizable. I mean, it was forty feet wide by a hundred feet long, so it was a good sized tent. Okay. But we put a uh, we put the stage on the side of the tent, not at the end of the tent, and we put a uh, ready. We put a dance floor in front of the stage because we thought there might be some Irish dancers dancing and clogging. So we like okay. a dance floor would be nice because they can make the little noise. Clippity cloppity, well, right? Yeah. So a dance floor is what it's usually made out of a material that lets pour beer on it. What happens? You know, it becomes mm-hmm. pretty slippery. Oh no! So that was the first bad decision we made. Uh, the other one was. Um, we thought, okay, let's get one beer truck in. So we took the beer truck, and we actually, you could argue, it might be a good, might have been a good idea at the time, but we took the beer truck, and we actually backed it in underneath the tent so you could pour beer from both sides. So the first year is basically from a truck. One beer truck, underneath the tent, stage, and a dance floor. <laughs> so how many people did you get that first year? Uh, you know, it, hard to say. Maybe a 1,000 people throughout the day, which oh, is still pretty, which is pretty still, good. Oh, I mean, it was enough that we were like, okay, this is – this is something. And keep in mind, you know, Flanagan had been doing this for now at the time. So this is 99. Flanagan had been doing it now for almost 20 years. Um, you know, he had had a— You're talking about Flanagan from, the, from yeah, Flanagan. Pat Flanagan, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, it was, like I said, he was, a, he was a dear friend and a mentor of mine. And um, so we knew what the potential was for St. Patrick's Day. We just didn't have any idea that we would be a player in that game. Right afterwards, we immediately, everyone, everybody that's there is like, this is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. you guys got to do it again. And all we're doing is pouring beer. I mean, honestly, there was nothing. So you didn't very, have like the bands. Or we the, had bands. We had but bands. Was it Irish bands or was yeah, it kind of, yeah? Okay. It was probably like two bands. Actually, I was just talking. I was just talking to the lady at the front desk, Regina. Regina, just talking to Regina, mm-hmm. and she knew Tom Shite. Tom Shite was Flanagan's Isle, who was the headliner for Flanagan's for years. Okay. And we we actually just got done having a long discussion about Tom Shite. So we we never had Flanagan's Isle because they headline at Flanagan's, but I think we may have had them maybe the night before, maybe a week before as a kickoff. But bands that we had were Homeland was a band for sure. We had Father, Son, and Friends, who's always been a part of our our, uh, our lineup. Oh uh, yeah, they ha- Sean McIntyre. Yeah. I don't remember what company he works for. It is a uh, it's a big company that owns a newspaper here in town and a radio station and a TV station. Cox, I think. Yeah, I saw yeah. him the other day. Yeah, he came down to talk to me. I think he's in the <laughs> building right now. Actually, I texted him on the way here. I don't even know if he's texting me back, but yeah, he came down the other day trying to. <laughs> Tell us about oh. what he was doing. <laughs> Push father, son, and friends. Yeah. <laughs> Digressing, because Sean texts me. All right, so we're going back to the first day. So yeah. uh, father, son, and friends was here, which was uh, Sean and Joey. And actually, I think it was just the two of them, possibly, then. So it was no friends. <laughs> they called or it. Just you know, it was funny. I think that was the joke. It was father, son, and friends. Where's your friends? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they may have even had a stage show about that. They're great entertainers. Sean and his dad are love them to death. Great people. Anyway, so I think that's it. We had those two, and we, and we had dancers, which is why we needed the dance floor that you pour beer so on you, it. Did you ever imagine, though, that it would be as big as it is now? No. Where it's almost like a couple days. Like you do the big build-up with the tent, and then you do like a preview. And yeah, then like we, a, uh, we take three days to put up the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, one day is the, the grand erection of the tent, and then the rest of the facilities we fill in the next two days, You know, which is all the mechanics of it. And the big one is uh, the day before we open it. So we, we always start on March 16th. 
because we have the tent up, we have the we have all the stuff in place, and uh, we usually do a show March 16th. This year we're doing um, Strangers, the band that's playing March 16th. Jeff Stevens, his band, they'll be playing on the Friday night, and then of course we turn around and we open up at 5:30 in the morning. Once again, I digress to this year. I know we were talking about yeah. So how so you started pretty small that first year, yeah. relatively a thousand people. How many folks you get now? We estimate about seven thousand. Okay, and, so uh, quite seven, a bit. Seven, eight thousand, and this year we're pretty confident we're going to hit ten thousand people. Ten thousand is that yeah. just because it's the twentieth anniversary? It's the twentieth. It's a Saturday, which is another big yeah. deal. We're we're using a little bit more space as well. Uh, we're using a little bit more of the, the streetscape as well for an outdoor beer garden, a lot of outdoor space, and we made and believe it or not, we actually got a larger tent. We didn't think it was even possible, oh, but really? we have a larger tent this year. How big is it? The tent is do the math. It's a hundred and thirty feet long. Math is hard. Uh, you know what? It's hard to say. So. The big tent big is 130 tent. times 50. That's 6,500. But then there's all these little tents around the side of it. There's a 20 by 70 and a 30 by um, 40 by 15 and a couple of 10 by 20s. And, and it all adds up to square footage. So I say overall, it's probably somewhere between eight and 9,000 square feet of tented space. Why'd you start the Dublin Pub in the first place? Wow. I actually just got done telling that story to somebody right before I got here. Okay. The simplified version of it was I was in the bar business for eight years. I was at Newcomb's in the Oregon District. What'd you do with General Manager? <clears throat> no, I was... I was a bartender. Okay. You know, but this is a this is a great story that I tell my own staff. So, you know, part of working for a company or working for people is being selfless while you're working for them. Not a, I was never a what's in it for me person. So I would do stuff above and beyond what other people that were just bartenders, clock in, do my job, clock out. I would be like, how can we grow a business? You know, hey, let's do a, a promotion on Friday afternoons, happy hour. I'll go to uh, Sam's and pick up hot dogs and buns, buy me a, a grill, and I'll grill out there and bartend. And this is all stuff that I would go and drive and pick the stuff up and do these things. Um, I saw a need for doing a fundraiser. I thought it'd be fun to do a fundraiser. We called it the Bartender Olympics. We did it in 1996. We did it one time in the Oregon District. Sounds cool. It was very cool. It was all bartenders. We had them do fun stuff like chugging a beer for time. They were uh, sliding ashtrays. This is back when you could smoke. You slide ashtrays down a bar, kind of like shuffleboard. Mm -hmm. And if you hit like a bullseye, well, like curling almost. Um, we did some other goofy stuff, and you know, I raised we raised three or four thousand bucks, and we sent it to the Make a Wish Foundation, the local one here in town, or Special Wish. I think Special Wish is the local one. Anyways, yeah, Special and, Wish is the local one. And we were able to give uh, you know, some kid or ability to take he and his family to Disney World, which is great. But anyways, my point is, is that so I'd always been involved in entrepreneurial kind of things. It was recognized by people, and people knew me, and they knew that. And it just got to the point, just like you do anything in life, you do something with enough repetitions. For instance, let's say you're a fantastic reporter, and you always <laughs> let's do, say I am, and let's say just say you do all kinds of positive things for the city of Dayton. Immediate, sometime in the future, you're going to be like the greatest thing that ever happened to the city. So. <laughs> Yeah, you were joking around with Sammy the other day. That that's it's hilarious. It's You're true. the greatest thing. But ever it's seen. a, it's a, it, you know, uh, we just, I just did a seminar yesterday, a leadership seminar with the company, and they were talking about how you create habits, you no, know, and these habits over a period of time mm -hmm. can turn into something. And uh, basically, so it was recognized, and uh, some guys got together one day and like, hey, let's open up a bar. Let's get Steve to run it and manage it. I was in, but I said, you know, I want to be part of an owner because at the time. My buddy and I, who worked at Newcombs, had already kind of penned a deal to buy Newcombs at the time. We were 26 at the time. Oh, wow. It ended up not happening. You know, we were a little bit upset about that, but at 26 years old, you know, how can you complain about something like that not right. happening? The owners were interested in selling, but one owner wasn't. And to this day, the owner that wasn't still owns it and is still a dear friend. And uh, it's a great, great organization. So we left that, and I went with these other guys to come up with an idea. And originally, it was going to be a cigar bar. 
And uh, oh, really? That's interesting. Well, was, you do have cigars in there. So yeah, right yeah. That's still and so one of the partners at the time owned Tinderbox. They owned two t- actually two Tinderboxes. So cigars have always been kind of a part of our culture, like it or not. It's it's always been there. I mean, I, our original business card said Dublin Pub, Guinness, Grub, and Gars. Really? Yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's but, how deep it was. In but the, I mean, keep yeah. in mind though, you know, people are smoking back then. There's ashtrays on every table. I mean, part of our employee staff meeting was, you know, no more than two butts in an ashtray. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I think people today don't remember like. Especially some of the younger people don't remember how smoky bars and oh, yeah. even restaurants were. Coming home, you got everything. You, you smell like it. You just you know you got all your clothes have to go in the wash right away, and it was it was pretty intense. Yeah, and I kind of remember too when like the first time I went out of town to like Indianapolis or somewhere where they still had I think it was Indianapolis that still or maybe it was Kentucky anyway that still had smoking, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, I yeah. feel horrible. This is and they still have it. Indianapolis still has a place. Maybe it wasn't uh, Ann Arbor. Has mm-hmm. a place also. They've got Which a surprised uh, me. Ann Arbor, Michigan. <clears throat> they've got a. Uh, it's a cigar bar underneath a steakhouse, and it's on the the bottom floor. And they've got some sort of state of the art, whatever. I mean, we all had them. I mean, we had these little smoke eaters and things like that. But like I said, that was the culture. That was so. That was the direction we were going. So the cigar bar idea was the original idea, and then it quickly occurred to us that hey, you know, this might be a, a fad. God, I'd only been in business for seven years, so I had seen and seen Zima come and go, and Mick no, Golden Draft Zima come was and go, so and. Uh, (laughs) Pete's Wicked Ale and things like that, you know. I mean, all these little things that I'm trying to remember what was popular back then liquor-wise. Goldschlager and um, I'm trying to remember any of the real big fatty ones. But anyways, but these things, they were were fads and they disappeared. And we didn't want to put the whole business banking on cigars. Coincidentally, we're smoking cigars and we're drinking pints of Guinness and we're talking about how most of us had some sort of shared Irish heritage. It was at that point, one of the partners said, uh, hey, I heard about this Irish pub down in Atlanta that just opened up within the past year. A traditional Irish pub concept, and it's supposedly nothing's like it. It's just like an Irish pub in Ireland. And we're like, oh, let's go check it out. So we did a road trip. We checked it out. Saw this beautiful place. A bunch of great looking people drinking $5 beers. $5 beers back then was a big deal. Right. We're like, wow, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. This is what we're doing. So how Irish are you? So it's funny that you say that. Uh, we actually, uh, my last name is Tiber, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is Austrian, which is my dad's name. Your dad, my, Jay Tiber, who was Jay, a really nice man. Jay Tiber. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, greatest man I've ever known. So that's an Austrian name. My mother's side of the family, both sides, all German. So we got German, German, Austrian, but then my dad's mother is Brooks, and that was our Irish side. Okay. And there's some English th- thrown in there as well, but we don't really recognize that part. But it was, <laughs> it's, 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 it's mostly Irish. So, And we just did the – my wife and I did the 23 and me, and it, it – it, it all came out about that, about those percentages. So, oh, that's cool. So, all yeah. your family lore was actually right. Yeah, yeah. One of us got a little bit more that, Neanderthal yeah. on the other, but I can't talk about that. So, was it you? I, I'm <laughs> going to definitely say it was. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> you guys do a little thing differently with the food too. It's not. It's like Irish fare, but it's kind of kind of. Yeah, it's not your traditional. We have the traditional items on the menu, but I really call it, uh, it's it's definitely gastropub food, but we do a little bit of European fusion. We've got uh, German schnitzel on the menu. We've got pierogies on the menu. Um, so we And we play around with, of course, different kinds of seafood and, uh, and our proteins. You know, we have a couple of great steaks on the menu. I mean, our, our uh, prime rib, uh, our prime rib and our ribeye are fantastic. I mean, I, I've had people, you know, have done reviews for us and they're like, this is the best steak I've ever had. Okay. And, uh, you know, and we've all had great steaks. I mean, I know you have. I don't know. Are you? I don't know if you're. I do. I do all the time as much as possible. um, You know, our steak is great, you know. 
you know, we serve it up with, uh, I think Dayton is one of those, you know, it's a little tribute to uh, uh, the Dayton Steak restaurants, but, you know, we serve it up with our onion straws, mm-hmm. which are real similar to what you get at Oakwood Club or Pine Club, but we do our own little rendition on it. We take our onions and we soak them in uh, beer overnight. So we call them our half and half onion straws. It's part harp and it's part Guinness. So, we, so they've kind of absorbed that beer flavor. And then when we bread them up, they get nice and crisp, but you get a little bit of that beer flavor in the in the onions. You couple it with herb butter and the um, and the steak itself with a oh my nice, God, with a nice black so rub seasoning on it. Uh, it's not blackened. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a combination of different seasonings, but you know, salt, and pepper, garlic, and a few other things. But yeah, you're making it's a wonderful flavor. Now. Wonderful flavor. Yeah, I'm actually kind of hungry. I'd like one too right now. Yeah, so. and like also the pub fries. You got the pub fries going on, which people love the pub fries. Yeah, and we've won a number of times from Dayton.com. The, yeah. uh, we've won the best fries uh, uh, quite a few times. Pub fries have been, we've had pub fries on the menu since day one, which is the white wine cream sauce and the How cheese. How you come up with pub fries? The secret of pub fries revealed right it's, now it's, what it's happened that, was. It's that secret sauce. That secret sauce is what makes those things work. But like I said, we've had those and fish and chips on since day one. Mm-hmm. And that's like a classic for an Irish yep. restaurant. You got to have fish yep. and chips. Yep, we call that. And then we, uh, and then we came up with we had beef brisket, and we came up with our ruck sandwich. And I remember when the Lead Belly Boys came in mm-hmm. from Dayton Daily News. From Dayton Daily mm-hmm. News, and they came in, and that ruck sandwich was one of their sandwiches, and they they talked about how great it was. So from then on, we just put on the menu, made famous by the Lead Belly Boys, Dayton Daily News, on the menu, just took off from there. Now the rucks are one of our number one sellers. Oh, is it really? Yeah, fish is number one. Fish and chips okay, is number one. Sense. The ruck is right behind it, and uh, and believe it or not, which now I show my staff, I said, look at if you look at the sales items, if you look at the menu items, quantity of menu items, and the sales that these menu items uh, bring in, you know, uh, fish and chips is number one. Believe it or not, number two is our Sunday brunch. I can't. I can believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Our Sunday brunch is gigantic now. I can believe that. Yeah. You know, it's almost to the point where we are trying to figure out. Um, how to negotiate the quantity of people and being able to keep the food rolling and so on. Like uh, my general manager, Tim Furlow, just said to me just two days ago, he's like, because we still, we've had people complain that they don't want to just be able to get the brunch and they want to get, so we have a couple of signature items, fish mm. and chips and the ruck sandwich and the Reuben and a few, two app, two or three appetizers. But there's there's probably eight or 10 items that are off of our regular menu that you can still get in addition to the brunch. Yeah, a cup of potato soup. Right. These things seem... And the brunch is, for people who don't know, is like a buffet-style Yeah, it's buffet-style, yeah. but it's gigantic. It's massive. It's So you get uh, the buffet-style, you got all your breakfast foods, there's entree foods, there's uh, a carving station. There's one of the things that I love about it, uh, the un- uniqueness of it is our hash bar, where we've got these hash browns, and you can, it's just like going to an omelet station, where you can have an omelet made with all these ingredients, you can have your hash browns made with the same ingredients, mm-hmm. and, and top it off with yeah. eggs, and you still have a guy, uh, you know, person sauteing it up right there in front of you, crisping it up to whatever, how you like it, doing your egg however you like again you're making me hungry there's a waffle station for kids there's uh, macaroni and cheese and chicken centers for kids of course there's desserts so there's a lot of great stuff and but like i said he came to me the other day he's like you know can we get rid of those extra items because if we got to cook a ruck sandwich Mm -hmm. on the flat top where we literally have the entire flat top is filled with eggs right it gets a little busy right it does it does so it's something we're trying to figure out before easter so now do you want to expand any i know there was a thing a, a little while ago with, with you expanding out to was it austin landings or yeah we we had been in talks with austin landing for what year is it 2018 yeah, it's 18 believe it or not i actually had some paperwork that goes all the way back to 2009 get out of here so uh but before it was, it was the, officially even launched really yeah but you know when we re- we actually signed a lease with that at mm-hmm. one time and that kind of fell through because the development uh, was kind of halting and then um we signed two letters of intent with them last year, and uh, and then it kind of halted. So uh, 
you know, we're focusing on St. Patrick's Day right now. I don't know where that stands there. Uh, the place that we were going to be, the property we were going to be at, was going to be in that little park area, but but uh, it hasn't happened. It's not happening right now, as far as I know. So, mm-hmm. so is it off the table then, or it's off the table, as far as I know. So okay. Dublin Pub knows nothing about it right now. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm tiptoeing through the four leaf clovers to remind you that you can support the What Had Happened Was podcast by subscribing to us on Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever else you find podcasts that you love. If you like what you hear, tell all of your unicorn and leprechaun friends. Magical. I also want to tell you about two new podcasts from Cox Media Group Ohio. WHIL meteorologist McCall Friedags and Christy Zantini love to talk about the weather. The dynamic weather duel answer all your questions and keep you covered on their new podcast, Claudia with a Chance of Podcast. And I have the perfect podcast for anyone who loves local sports. Check out WHIL Sports anchor Mike Hartsock's new show, Stay Right There. Instead of staying right there, I'm going to go right back to my talk with Steve. So this year's St. Patrick's Day is going to be the biggest one, right? Yeah, for sure. So it's a Saturday. It's our 20th. It is also the first time that we've had our edition open up, huge edition we put on, on a weekend. So, oh, <clears throat> what do you mean? That's been so yeah. So the edition opened up in 2014. The last time there was a St. Patrick's Day on a Saturday was I think uh, six years ago. So do the math, uh, 2011. I mean, it is on a Saturday. I know, like some people are a little worried about it being on the Saturday. Are you are at all concerned with that? So what as do you far mean? As, like too many people down there. Like a too many people having too much fun. Well, so I look at it this way. I look at things that already exist. Okay, you know, the Dayton Celtic Festival is one of the greatest things that's happened in downtown Dayton. That brings down. I think we're somewhere close to 100,000 people course of a weekend. Our attendance for St. Patrick's Day is, you know, we're shooting for 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can handle 13, 1,400 people at a time in the tent, but just keep in mind, it starts at 5.30 in the morning and it goes all day. But also, those people go to the other bars. I mean, right. every bar in the Oregon District, this is their, if not their best day of the year, it's their second best for sure. Keep on being the first best would be Haunt Fest. For sure, yeah. So am I worried about it? Uh, I'm concerned about the crowds naturally so that's why we try we try to make sure and every year we get better at implementing safety this year we have hired i've contracted with the city of dayton police department three uniform officers inside the pub facilities so i'll have three uniform cops all in throughout the place and like i said we've we haven't had a problem I mean, there hasn't been any fights or anything like that we've had to deal with drunk people here and there but we haven't had any problems we think a lot of it is because we pay such close attention to a, you know, the people that might be over consuming uh, and cutting them off and getting them the proper attention or a ride home or whatnot. I will throw another plug out there. You know, Montgomery County Prosecutor Matt Heck does that Arrive Safe program. Uber now is God's gift to being able to get around and having a good time now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's the best thing ever. How are we managing the crowd? So we've got extra. Now, and keep in mind, I also have private security as well. So I'll have about 20 guys who are, you know, retired or ex-police officers that are in security shirts and they're well visible and we have these guys in place we'll have three uniformed police officers i've got two police officers out in front of the tent right on the streets at all times and we block off the streets you know a certain way and we have a certain amount of mechanical structures in place to keep in case there was a, a rogue car that was trying to get through or something like that it can't get through because it's gonna it'd have to go through trucks and parked cars and all kinds of stuff so it's just so as a bartender, did you ever think you would be doing this kind of thing, like managing? This is a big operation here that you, not just St. Patrick's Day, but anyway. If you go back and you look at history and look at who, I, who I've always been, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, you can ask my friends and the people that know me, I've always been kind of the big picture, the big show, the big party, being able to throw something and, and, and get all the pieces together and, 
market it and so on. Our good friends in, in Bellbrook, they call it getting T-Bird, which is just hanging out with us and having a lot of fun and, and so on. But it's just something that I knew I'd be good at. And, uh, and coincidentally, it falls with St. Patrick's Day and, you know, our heritage and the, and the Dublin pub, which of course is, you know, the, the quintessential piece of this, our little real estate there in the corner of the Oregon district. Now, you went to Wright State and U, right? Yeah, so I started at UD. I played football there one year, and then I transferred to Wright State trying to follow my career in uh, motion picture production. Okay. So I did two years of uh, motion picture production, and then I uh, had to audition for the junior and senior year. And they only accept 10 people a year, and I, w- I made the cut on that. I made it all the way to my senior project. Then we opened up the pub. Oh, really? So and you I- were in actually college when you were opening up the the pub. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was doing the. I think at one time when I was younger, I said I don't want to be a doctor because I don't want to spend eight years in college. And by the time the pub opened up, you had spent eight years. It in was college. T- it was more like ten years. In college. Really? Wow. You know, <laughs> it was some part time stuff. It was some part time quarters for a year, couple years. So, um, why do you think Dayton is so much into St. Patrick's Day? Is it just because of the Catholic kind of thing, or is it because? So there's another interesting one. I think it has a lot to do with University Dayton culture, <clears throat> which is you've got Catholics. Mm-hmm. You've got Flanagan, Pat Flanagan, who started this great thing right next to the University of Dayton. So the buzz of St. Patrick's Day started there in the late 70s and early 80s, and it's always been there. I mean, I, when I went to UD, and I even lived in the ghetto when I wasn't at UD, you know, St. Patrick's Day was gigantic. Mm-hmm. But it was also, I mean, there was some violence. There was some crazy stuff. There was couch burnings. There was all right, kinds of crazy right, stuff going nuts, on. Little um, nut jobs over there running around. But then when the pub opened up, we brought this other, we connected University, the university area to downtown Dayton in the Oregon district. We literally connected the two. So now, by consumption, Jameson and Guinness, there's more Jameson and Guinness being sold just between Flanagan's and Dublin Pub than in any other city. So we're the largest St. Patrick. I mean, Dublin Pub is larger than any other single location for Guinness and Jameson on, on, in March. Okay. So we're number one in, uh, in purchasing. So you put Dayton on the map. We put Dayton on the map by consumption. There- by consumption. So wait a minute. So it's consumption of Jameson and Guinness on St. Patrick's Day for the state of Ohio. Yeah. So we just a, or the state the, of Ohio or the world. The state, no. Yeah, the world. No, no. There's a couple of places that are bigger than us. Um, a few. Yeah. yeah. The big accounts for Jameson. Well, they it used to be a place in Minnesota, which was really big for Jameson. But I think they, I think they bought their own whiskey. So mm. now it's become something something else. But uh, um, but no, we're 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 a pretty big deal for Jameson and, and Guinness. So so. So you got all that now, and then also you've got the uh, the fever of the the first four. Right. You've got St. Patrick's Day, and I know the University of Dayton probably doesn't like to promote it, but you know, at just two or three years ago, I know University of Dayton was ranked as the number one St. Patrick's Day party school. They were. They and were. And we can't ignore what the culture. The culture is here. You know, I'm on the Convention Center and Visitors Bureau board, and I'm on the Dayton Chamber board, and 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 I look at these things. Are what are I mean, we're just having these conversations about the Convention Center right now, and. And doing these draws for tourism. Obviously, you know, St. Patrick's Day is important to our business, but I think it can be important for the community as a whole. I mean, there used to be a St. Patrick's Day parade. Did there? Oh, yeah. How long ago? Steve Kirk did it up until, I think it was the 80s, mid-80s. Oh, really? Because I was not here then. I don't yeah. really remember it because I yeah. wasn't here. Yeah, it was Steve Kirk's St. Patrick's Day parade. And I guess Mardi Gras used to be big in the district and all this, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so you think about that. So think about, think about this right now. If that St. Patrick's Day parade was happening now, Think about how huge it would be and the amount of people that would be coming in, filling up hotels and so on right. and so forth. I mean, St. Patrick's Day alone, and keep in mind, I've already reached out to Crown Plaza. We've already have uh, uh, special rates that we've uh, promoted and we're advertising for them. I think 
I talked to them two or three days ago, and they've only got about 20 rooms left. So, I mean, Crown Plaza, will be wow. booked, they'll be booked up for St. Patrick's Day. So I know that hotel fills up, and I got to imagine the ones around here will be filling up as well. So you see this as something that you want to see grow St. Patrick's Day for the city of Dayton as it, a thing that people it, actually come to? I mean, listen, we all want people to come to our city and spend right. money. We all want them Give to fill up our hotels, to go to our retail places. It's good for everybody. It's good for all the businesses. All we have to do is embrace it, embrace that culture. You know, We get all of our heads together instead of saying, okay, it's a St. Patrick's Day thing. It's good for Dublin Pub and Flanagan's and the, uh, the little gas station across the street from University of Dayton, which I think is the number one beer sales place in the entire county in Montgomery County. Is that right? Yeah, that's where everybody goes to buy beer. Didn't even think about it. But uh -uh. yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. But uh, but it's not just about all of us. You know, like I said, you know, the hotels and these people in the hotels are going to be spending money in the hotels and they'll be buying gas and they're going to be going to uh, stores and retail places. If they're in the Oregon district, there's retail shops down there that people can go into in and out. I, you know, we always try and encourage any place. I mean, take advantage of the amount of people. Yes, there's going to be people out drinking, but at the same time, you know, there's people drinking at Irish festivals. I mean, we, right. this is part of our culture. I go to Irish festivals all the time. We set up booths and we see over 100,000 people walking around, and we see hundreds of merchandising booths selling thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, of uh, retail stuff. Right. This is all stuff that people could be embracing, you know, in this in this culture of St. Patrick's Day. What would it take for people to actually embrace it, do you think? Because there's, there's some pushback from St. Patrick's Day, as, as I know you probably know more there's, than those. You know, I, I don't know if there's a gigantic there, – so the only pushback that I know of, obviously, you know, when it gets on a weekend, there's going to be a lot more people, but um, – um, Embracing it as a culture and recognizing that, it, you know, it's here. It's not going anywhere. The people are here, and we can bring more people to the city. We can bring a lot more people to the city. You know, all we need to do is just like we do for any special event or back when we did, like, the first four party that we did in the Oregon District. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You know, we had the partnership came together. Downtown Dayton Partnership came together, and they went to all the businesses and said, hey, strike us a deal. Tell us some sort of deal we can do to promote your business, and we'll put it on our website supporting this first four party that we have. And, uh, and everybody did it. I mean, it's, it's literally that simple. And then we promote it, we advertise it, and then the whole community is embracing it, just like we did when- And it was packed down there, too, for that. You know, when the Dragons opened up, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd love to see an uh, opening day party for the Dayton Dragon. You know, how huge would that be? Having some fun, you know? Maybe yeah. a little parade that goes through the Oregon District and goes down to the stadium, you know, and does a little something fun like that. So what do you want people, because obviously this is going to, not just people in Dayton are going to hear this. What do you want people to know about Dublin Pub of Dayton, Ohio? Uh, let's see. What do I want people to know about it? You know, we've been in business for now, it'll be 20 years in May. Partner George Hauser is uh, literally one of the greatest guys I've ever known. Not only a friend of myself, he's uh, like a father figure to me too as well. He probably gets a little bit upset that he says he's like a father figure, but he's uh, <laughs> But you know, we, we work great together. You know, we've got this 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 great little business that's worked very hard to get where we are. I can tell you right now, you know, because we're locally owned, our um, employees, you know, we've got a relatively low turnover. Most of our employees have been there for years, years, and some of them ten years plus. It's a great environment. We love what we do. We love being in downtown Dayton. You know, like I said, first of April, this would be my 28th year working in the Oregon District. Oh, really? First eight years at Newcombs and then 20 years here. I've been in downtown for a long time, but I'm still super young. Super young. Like, what are you, 25, 26, yeah, 27? Yeah. No, actually, my birthday's <laughs> next week. So my birthday's next week. I'll be 48. Yeah, yeah, I would have said 29. See, nah, that's what I would have done here. Yeah, I appreciate it. What were you like as a kid? Just what was your childhood like? <laughs> uh, my dad always said I'd make a great engineer because uh, I always like taking stuff apart and putting stuff back together, mm -hmm. um, like trying to figure out things and see how things work. And then he talked to me about military. Because he was in the military, right? He was. My dad was a, my dad was a test pilot. 
and I was born in Edwards Air Force Base. Oh, really? He was a test pilot. He was a pilot in Vietnam, and I think I knew that from our. So I, I covered him when he worked for Beaver Creek. Yeah, with that, yeah, with yeah. The council person at Beaver Creek. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, so he pushed military on me a little bit, and I think a little bit of stubbornness and a little bit of strong headedness that you know I'm going to do my own thing. I mean, I was never a jerk about it, but I, I was always. Let me. I'll give you a great example. My sophomore year in college, I went during the summertime. I went and took a. I worked for a painting company, and uh, I was painting houses. I was realizing that uh, this guy that was my my boss was he was bidding jobs really low to get them, and we were the ones that were eating it because we only got paid for the job. Right. So the hourly wage didn't work out. I mean, it was like I think back then the hourly wage. So he would wage, charge like two hundred dollars for something. Yeah, but the hourly wage whatever. was like four bucks mm-hmm. or four fifteen back then. And I think we figured out we were getting paid like two dollars and twenty cents an hour. So I immediately thought to myself, you know, I can do this. I mean, I can go out and bid jobs. And I uh, started doing that. And I immediately, you know, had a painting business for three years. Oh, wow. So we did that every summer, me and a couple buddies. And we would go out and we'd paint houses. Some of them, at the very beginning, we were terrible. <laughs> By the Even time there. we were done with it, actually four years. We did it for four years. By the time we were done, we were great at it. We really had our stuff together. In fact, one of the last jobs we did was one of the first jobs we did. And that's how bad we were because – we didn't do a very good job the first job, and it needed to be painted like four or five years later. And then we took a year off in between all that. So it was four years. It was five years, four years of painting, five years total. I remember a friend of mine, Mark Jones, who was a manager at Newcombs uh, way back. He said to me, he yells at me, he says, you know, hey, Steve, got to come around to the side of the house. And I come over, and he goes, hey, meet the neighbor. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Steve. And he goes, he goes, hey, listen, I just want to tell you guys, you guys are doing a great job. He goes, let me tell you about the idiots that painted this house last time. They got stuff everywhere. I mean, they got paint on my house and my car, and, and it was us that did it. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But he didn't know. Really well, thanks a lot for coming in here. I appreciate well, you're, it. You're, Like I said, you're one of the Dayton Dragons, Dayton Celtic Festival, <laughs> Amelia Robinson. Oh, get out of here. You like, great things it. for the city of Dayton. Well, thanks a lot. Talk to you later, Steve. Thanks, Amelia. Now, didn't I tell you that was going to be just as good as a shamrock shake? Thanks a lot for listening in on the What Had Happened Was podcast. I'm Amelia Robinson, wishing you a safe and magical St. Patrick's Day. And as the saying goes, I'm not Irish, I just like to kiss. See you next time. Bye-bye.